Recorded live. Discipleship and saints. Are you prepared? You know we're combining the two series together for right now. We use the King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding. Go through discipleship. We're learning about being discipled, because that's what we're doing right now. We're being discipled by Jesus, as if we were sitting right there listening to him. That's why it's so we can see. Now, last time, Jesus was talking to the disciples, and they were being given instructions, information, explanations regarding what's expected of them, what's the way they're supposed to be, and all of that. That is disciples. Now, as the Sermon of the Mount continues in Matthew, we see that Jesus changes what he's talking about. And he changes the way he's talking. So we know that the multitude showed up. They weren't there at first, but we know they showed up because at the end of the Sermon of the Mount, they were there and they were amazed at what he had been saying. So they showed up at some point. And we can tell what point that is by looking at what Jesus is saying. And where it changes is in verse 17. That's where it changes. In verse 17, Matthew chapter 5. Let's take a look. So Jesus is telling them about things and what they need to be like and what God is looking for. And then in verse 17, Jesus all of a sudden starts talking about the law, which he hadn't, you know, been talking about before. He was talking, giving instructions. So, and what does 17 say? Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So you see, he wasn't talking about changing the laws of God when he was talking to the disciples, but somebody's thinking about the law now and not listening to Moses and changing what Moses said and what the prophet said, which is what they teach at the synagogues. Okay, so he knows that. So so the that lets you know that there are people there now that are thinking about what the Pharisees have been saying that Jesus wants to change the law. He's going against Moses. He's got this new law, this new thing that he's doing, this new religion that he's doing. And so the multitude show up and Jesus spoke in parables 
to both disciples and multitudes. So the disciples are still there. He can still disciple them because he's discipling us right now. And with the multitudes there, but now he's just going to change things into parable forms. Jesus explains things are going to change when he says the law won't change until I fulfill what prophet said about me. So Jesus is explaining so that anybody can hear it, you know, not that they may understand it because they're under the impression he wants to change the laws. He wants to take away the law of Moses that God gave them. But he's saying in uh, verse 18, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So as the prophecies are fulfilled, the law doesn't change. It's not until the law changes, and so that's what he's saying, He's explaining so the disciples and those with ears to hear can hear things are going to change after what the prophets say is going to happen, which he's talking about himself. Then Jesus goes on and he explains again because the multitudes are confused about what they're hearing from the Pharisees. And so in verse 20, Jesus explains that the law needs to be followed during his lifetime and not traditions of men. So you understand he's telling them. And see, that's what I tried to tell people that look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and understand that some of the stuff that Jesus was teaching and some of the stuff written in the Gospels applies to people before he died on the cross. After he died on the cross, things changed. There was a change that took place. But before that happened, yes, Jesus was telling you, them, meaning those that were listening, to follow the law. Now, was he just saying, like, okay, just do what they tell you to do? No. What he's saying is, follow the law of Moses. Don't follow what men are telling you. Because you see, the Pharisees and the scribes and people were telling them that Jesus was trying to change the law. And then they were also telling them what they believe the law is and should say. But Jesus in parable now is speaking and he's saying, for I say unto you that except your righteousness, and he's talking to the multitudes and the disciples, shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is telling them, listen, you've got to follow the law, not traditions of men. Jesus explains the law will change and it will be a spiritual law. He's doing that in the next section from verse 21 to verse 
44. He's explaining that there's a difference that's going to take place. Moses said, or you've heard it said, because Moses said, you've got to do this and this. But once this change takes place, and only those with ears to hear can understand, he's talking about future events, not right then. Right then, he's saying you've got to follow the law of God. But in the future, there's going to be a change. And the change is going to be that you're going to be different and, and held to a higher standard than you're held to right now. And that's what he was saying when he was saying, you know, uh, you've heard this, but this is the way it will be. You've heard this, but this is the way it will be. And the this is the way it will be is always at a higher standard because the difference is that they don't understand it, the disciples don't really get it yet, and you may not understand what he's exactly talking about yet, but you will. What he's saying is that Israel, the people of Israel, did not have access to the Holy Spirit. A human being without access to the Spirit of God, is evil and bad. It's just the way it is, okay? They're human. And Israel, the people in the Old Testament, they didn't have access to the Spirit of God. Oh, some kings did and some prophets did and, you know, a person here and a person there did. But in general, the general population had no access to the Spirit of God. So, guess what? They were going to be evil. They couldn't not be evil because they were human without access to the Holy Spirit versus, and that's why you're held to a higher standard as a believer of Jesus Christ after he becomes the Lamb, because once he became the lamb, as he told us, we would then have access to the Spirit of God. Every one of the believers in Jesus would have access to the Spirit of God. And so if you have access to the Spirit of God, then you're held to a higher standard because the Holy Spirit is not, if you're letting the Holy Spirit lead you, is not going to lead you to sin understand so it would be easy to do so up to 44 Jesus is explaining there's a change there's going to be a change in the law and it's even going to be a higher standard than the one that you know Jesus explains when the law is fulfilled you will be able to take on the divine nature of God. You can't do that now, he's saying, and he's explaining that to them. You can't do it now. You'll be able to be and act like God does, meaning divine nature, and how he treats his creation. He's not talking about being God. 
Jesus is, is explaining when the Spirit of God is able to dwell with you, you can take on the divine nature as Peter told us in his letter. So understand that there's going to come a change in the way believers are going to be acting. And it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with they'll have access to the Spirit of God. So they can, as it says in verse 48 of chapter 5, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. So you understand that you will have the ability to take on the divine nature. And of course, I want us to turn to Hold Your Place in Matthew, and I want us to turn to Second Peter, and I want us to read chapter 1 and verse 4, whereby I given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Just like Jesus, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So Jesus didn't worry about world things. Jesus was took on the divine nature. He listened to God, he followed God, and he didn't do his own thing. And so he's our example. And so, yes, when you do that, you will be perfect. You will be acceptable to God. Evil sinning people aren't acceptable to God. No, Jesus' sin isn't like covering, Jesus' blood isn't covering your sin so God don't see it, so he just sees a pure little person. No, it don't work like that. Jesus' blood cleanses your sin. It's gone until you sin again. <laughs> and then it's there again. You got some sins and you gotta get under the blood again and get it cleansed again and then God will work with you. But no, this hiding your sin under the blood of Jesus and God just sees the blood of Jesus and he doesn't see your sin. No, that ain't the way it is. And Peter, go to first Peter. First Peter chapter one. And go to fifteen. I mean, uh, go to verse uh, chapter one, verse fourteen. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the form of lust and your ignorances. That's it. That's what it is. It was just your flesh and what you desired and what you wanted, and you didn't know any better. But as he which hath called you is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So, Jesus is explaining, go back to Matthew now, Jesus is explaining to his disciples that you're going to be able to be different. The world, the multitude, they're not able to be different. It's only believers that are able to be different. 
So understand that's what he's talking about. He's talking about a change that occurs in a believer, but it won't happen until he becomes the Lamb of God, until prophecy is fulfilled. And then Jesus starts to give some instructions. But again, he's talking in parable form, so understand basically what Jesus is talking about is he explains it doesn't matter what men think. You're going to see that in 6.1. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So don't do things because of what people tell you to do. It doesn't matter what people think. It matters what God thinks. Understand? And then he says in verse 8, don't act like the world. It says, don't act like the world. And we're going to look at, be not ye therefore like unto them, the world, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Don't be like the world in what you're going, how you're going to be talking to God. This is amazing. It's going to be a change. See, Israel didn't have this, okay? When they talked to God, he was like this God, okay? And number one, he didn't really listen to them a whole lot, okay? He had the Levi priests there. He had those, the priesthood and those that had the job to, to do the praying and all the stuff for the people. So the people really didn't have access to God directly. And so Jesus is explaining, he's saying, don't be like the world when you're praying. Praying is important. Guess what, disciples? You're going to be able to pray different. Pray different than what you have heard in the past, which would be verse 9. This isn't the way they prayed. They prayed a different way. But Jesus is showing them a new way to pray, that they're going to be able to pray to the Father when things are fulfilled. And so that's to us today, do you know how to pray? Do you know who to pray to? I hope it's not to Jesus, because he didn't tell you to pray to him. So if you're praying to Jesus, you're wasting your breath. You pray as Jesus taught you to pray to the Father. So what did Jesus say here? Verse 9 after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So, who is it that we're to pray to? We're to pray to the Father. Does it say to pray? Did Jesus say to pray to him? You know, Jesus? Of course not. He prayed to the Father. You're supposed to pray to the Father. They're not the same person. He's showing you that Praying is going to be different. 
for what's after he becomes the Lamb of God and fulfillment of prophecy. And what he's saying is, because they didn't have that in Israel, no, you prayed to God. If you prayed, you prayed to God or you talked to the priest or something like that. But Jesus is saying, talk to the Father as your Father instead of a God who is removed from you. So you understand, he's discipling them. He's showing them the difference between the way it was or is and the way it will be when he becomes the Lamb of God, when prophecy is fulfilled. Jesus warns, when things change, understand it isn't once saved, always saved. This is interesting. Jesus said that. (laughs) You know, these once saved, always saved people throw out these things that Jesus said. You know, it can't fit into their once saved, one always saved doctrine because that's a false doctrine. So let's see what Jesus says, just so you understand. It can't be once saved, always saved. He's talking about after prophecy is fulfilled, having to do with him, the Messiah. And we're going to go to verse 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Yeah. But, Jesus tells you, if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, it's not. Very simply, once saved, always saved, is a false doctrine, a doctrine of Satan. Because Jesus is saying, hey, if you can't even forgive somebody of something they've done to you, then God isn't going to forgive what you've done. So put it together. If God isn't going to forgive your sins, that means that you're not going to get into eternity, right? You'll have sins on your soul. It's pretty simple. So understand, once saved, always saved, is false doctrine. Jesus didn't teach us. Jesus told the disciples. He explains, don't put on a show for others to see. Don't put on a show. That would be what he's talking about in verse 17. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto them to fast, men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So you understand Jesus is saying don't put on a show. That's you know, fasting is a work. It's a thing. You separate from the world. It's something that we're called to do, to separate from the world and, and do the works of the kingdom more uh, strongly as we spiritually grow because you have to pull away from the world to do that. And fasting does that for you. You pull away from the world. You spend time with God. It's something that you do, okay? But 
if you go in, you know, Jesus is saying, don't let everybody know that you're in, you know, that you're giving up food and, you know, when you're not, you know, I'm, I'm really hungry, but I'm giving this up for God and, you know, all that. You understand that if you do that, then the fasting is useless, okay? So, so you're bragging about it, but that doesn't mean after you have done it that you can't say something about it. So works. Don't put on a show. That's what he's saying. Imagine all those people on TV doing God's work and putting on those shows. Now, this is an important one. Jesus continues and he says, Don't worry about this world and the things in it. Don't worry about it. Don't want it. Let's take a look. 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. So Jesus is saying, don't worry about the world and the things in it. See, as disciples, that stuff isn't supposed to matter to you. Jesus says, as a follower of his, you have to have the true light. Otherwise, you're working for Satan. Wow, let's take a look at that. Verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. What is Jesus saying? Well, what he's saying is simple. Jesus says, as a follower of his, you have to have the true light. He's the light of the world. Otherwise, you are working for Satan. That's right. That's why it's darkness. Even though you pretend to have a light, you have a a light, but it's not the true light, meaning that you're a believer, but you're not doing things the way Jesus showed you to do them, not the way that God wants them to be done. So instead of having a true light and following Jesus, you have a false light in your working with Satan. Now Jesus explains this. He says, you cannot be connected to the flesh and to the Spirit at the same time. That's what he's talking about, okay? No man can serve two masters, but either he will hate the one, verse 24, and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So it's either the flesh or the spirit. You can't do both. You know, it's funny, people are under the false impression that they can do both. But Jesus is saying, no, you can't do both, especially sinning, like getting drunk. (laughs) You know, a believer getting drunk, well, you've chosen the flesh. Sorry, getting drunk is a sin, okay? 
and so you've chosen the flesh, and you're working with the devil. Because God can't use a drunk to do the works of the kingdom. So you're either going to do the works of the kingdom, or you're going to do the works of the flesh. It's that simple. And so that's why it's craziness when that, that new thing is called church in a bar. You go to the bars and you put on a church when you've got all these drunks around. Sorry. You can't do that and do the works of the kingdom. So, Jesus is explaining you cannot be connected to the flesh and to the spirit at the same time. So what do you think Jesus means by that? Let's look at it a little bit more. Verse 25, Jesus is saying you must trust God to provide for you. See, Jesus is speaking in parables now. He's talking to the multitude. You've got to understand that. So 25 says, so he was just talking about living in the flesh and living in the spirit or following the flesh or following the spirit. You can't do both. You've got to do one or the other. And then he says, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not the life more than meat in the body than raiment. So Jesus is saying you must trust God to provide for you. He's talking to the disciples. He's explaining something to them. Jesus continues and says, don't think about things in human terms. Let God take care of things and lead you the way he wants you to go. So Jesus says that to them, and you just heard it now, verse 25. And what does it say in, as we read here, it continues and it says, what did Jesus say in verse 30? As Jesus goes through this, Jesus says, Listen, God can provide for you. Don't think in human terms, which is in 27 and 28 and 29 and 30. And so Jesus is saying, listen, trust God. Do as God wants you to do. God will take care of you. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about, you know, where you're going to go, what you're going to be like, what's going to happen, or anything like that. And then after he says that, at the end of verse 30, he says, O ye of little faith. Okay. So that's an interesting thing. It should have been by itself, not included in the question. So, O ye of little faith, he's not questioning them. He's making a statement. The question was 
what he said to them before, having to do providing for him, providing for them by God. And Jesus says it again. Don't think about the things you need to live. Trust God. In verse 30, don't worry about it. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. In verse 31, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewith shall we be clothed? You see, he said it once before. Now he said, ye have little faith. And he said it again a second time. Interesting, isn't it? So I have a question. How many of you can say you trust God to provide for you this much? You mind worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, where you're going to go? I personally, in all the years I've been doing the work for the kingdom, haven't met anyone in my lifetime that could say that or did say that or wanted to say that. Most believers today would hear the words Jesus said, ye of little faith. If they were sitting there with him. So if you were being discipled by Jesus and you were sitting there listening to him, he would say to you, ye of little faith. Like he said to all that were listening, including his disciples. They were all thinking, what do you mean? Don't worry about my food or clothes. You understand? That's what they were all thinking. He was saying, don't worry about any of that stuff. And when he was saying those things, they were thinking, they weren't saying it out loud, but they were thinking, what do you mean, don't worry about eating, drinking, and clothes? So why did he say ye of little faith? The Spirit told them what they were thinking and what you were thinking was exactly that what you were thinking when you heard it. The same thing that they were. What do you mean? Don't worry about food or clothes. Mm -hmm. His disciples were confused. So he explains in more details for them to have a better picture. Okay. So this first part, if you're a disciple, you're following Jesus, and you say, I don't understand it, but I believe it, and I accept it, and I know it's true, and I'm going to trust God. You see, very few people can say that or act that way or have that much faith. So, including Jesus' disciples. So, Jesus told them, a little bit more so they would understand what he was talking about. And we're going to see that in verse 33. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, that's one thing, and his righteousness, that's God's righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, Jesus says, listen, 
God's will, the kingdom of God, and what God wants you to do, which is what's right to do, the righteousness of God, and God will take care of you. See, you, that's all you have to do. All you have to do is do what God wants, and God will take care of the rest. It works that way. It's that simple. Did Jesus ever worry about such things? No way. Jesus, God said, go, Jesus said, how far? God says, go here, Jesus said, okay. God said, turn around and go back, Jesus went back. Instant, Jesus went and did exactly what God told him to do when he told him to do it without question. And you see, the woman at the well is an example of God providing for you. Jesus had things that he had to say to the people of Samaria. And he walked in the heat of the day a very long distance, hours and hours, and it said this was an amazing walk now (laughs) because he was exhausted and thirsty and tired. That's a tremendous amount of walking for him because he used to walk all over the place. And so if he actually was worn out by the walking, then that's a long walk and a tough walk. And God had him sit down in a well and he had work for him to do. You understand that's the way God will provide for you. And then, of course, when he finished doing the works that God wanted him to do, then the disciples came and brought him some food and stuff to eat, so he was taken care of. So, understand, Jesus was talking in parables. So understand, he was not saying don't work. That's not what Jesus was talking about. So don't get that in your head. And he was saying, you just sit around and wait for me and, you know, that God is saying, sit around and wait for me and, and you know, and I'll, I'll give you everything that you need. And you don't have to really, you know, do, do too much, you know, whatever you consider to be the works of the kingdom. And as long as you're being good, you know, I'll take care of you. So Jesus is not talking about working. He's talking about doing the works of the kingdom and how to do them. He's talking to his disciples. Jesus says, don't worry about how you're going to do the will of God. Just be willing to do it. And he's explaining, don't waste your time on earthly things. That's what Jesus is talking about. And that completes discipleship.